by our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger. Dregs, happy Valentine's Day. How are you? I'm doing okay. Beautiful day. Very nice outside. I'm sitting in my truck. I have to do a little bit of last-minute shopping here. Mm. And What's on the chore degrees, list? Uh, not anything too exciting. I actually, I'm one of those people that finds grocery shopping to be borderline therapeutic. Okay. Um, I'm with you. I'm very... I'm very detailed in it. Like, I'm not one of those guys that just ambles down the aisles with the cart and just randomly throws junk food in and, and all of that. No, I'm very methodical, um, normally very healthy and, and all of those things. But I also do a lot of cooking at my house. So the, the cooking and the shopping um, are things I can manage, and then I leave the cleaning to Holly Dreger. A couple extra pieces of chocolate on the list today, though, Dregs? No, not going to lie. Steph and I just had this conversation. Uh, I got to think about this, boy. I'm just outing myself here. I will be married. I will be married 32 years in May. 32 wow. years. Um, I would say two of them happily. Um, <laughs> is that, is that, is that bad form to uh, drop something like that on Valentine's Day? No, no. The truth is. We just like, what do you do, right? You go buy flowers, a card. I mean, if you have to pick one day out of the year to express your love, yeah, then there's something wrong with that. And everything's always jacked up. Like I was at the grocery store yesterday. It's like fifteen dollars for one little measly red rose that looked like it hadn't been watered in three days. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Well, well, then you bought them anyway. Well. Luckily, I didn't have to. <laughs> Some other suckers went and bought those. I did not have to do that myself. Uh, we're chatting with Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. Um, Austin Matthews looking like uh, skating in a regulars sweater at practice today, taking line rushes. You expect him to play tomorrow, Dregs? I haven't heard that. I mean, I've, I've put out some feelers uh, pretty quiet on that front. Uh, I'd be surprised if they don't acknowledge if he is. I, I think for the most part, Sheldon Keefe and the Maple Leafs have been as transparent as they can be when it comes to you know, player availability, uh, maybe not entirely injury specifics, but I think that they've been fairly upfront. But it's always a good sign when you see a recovering player on the ice and then even a better sign when he's in a full contact sweater. So I don't have any reason to suggest that he's not going to play based on what we saw, but I better leave that to the experts with the Leafs. Yeah, we'll see. Practice underway right now. He's taking line rushes, so so we'll wait to see the verdict on that one. Um, so trade rumors heating up all around the league, of course, with the trade deadline looming ahead. What do you think Kyle Dubas's Valentine's Day looks like today, Dregs? <laughs> well, I think it looks the same. I, I think that he'd like to, to bring in a winger, right? Um, the problem is that, you know, even though the deadline is looming, um, now it's shifting a little bit more into the the pressure on the seller. So that's why we're seeing, you know, like Vladdy Gavrikov and Jacob Chikrin, you know, being held out of lineups uh, for trade-related purpose. Well, they're obviously protecting their assets, right? So, you know, that means that the buyer isn't, or the seller isn't quite sold on what the, the rate of return is yet. The offers aren't quite good enough. So you want to make sure that you extend that window open as far as you can, you know, to maximize whatever that rate of return is going to be between now and, and March 3rd. Now, it seems like a stretch that those two players will be held out of the, the lineup until March 3rd. Um, but I think that Kyle 
is in on just about everything. But I want to be careful in, in how I say this. It's not like he's in a panic mode, right? And he's trying to, to find this elusive piece. You know, Toronto has been looking for a winger for quite some time. Going into the season, they were looking for a defense. Uh, but, you know, even through adversity, the defensive core of the Maple Leafs responded. And now you look at Timothy Lilligren, you look at Rasmus Sandin as really good pieces back there. So that eliminated some of the pressure to add on the back end. Um, so that gives you more of a luxury item to add a top six winger. You know, sure, Dubis has inquired on Timo Meyer. I'd be surprised if, you know, he doesn't say can stay consistently interested in Ivan Barbashev with the St. Louis Blues and go down the list from there. The Kane speculation, guys, is interesting to me. Um, you know, no different than the New York Rangers. Um, you know, the ask is going to be prohibitive from the Chicago Blackhawks, understandably so. Patty Kane is, is still a very valuable player. Um, then you've got to, you know, be sure that his health is good. He says it's good. He says he feels better than he did a year ago. Yeah. But I'm telling you that there are lots of teams that are worried about his hip issues and whether or not they are going to aggravate, you know, post-deadline when you need him most, which is in the Stanley Cup playoffs, where it might get a little more interesting. You know, some of the speculation is accurate out there. I've never felt like Kane or Taves were going to have a long list of great interested partners. The list would be short. So what if Kane comes out and says, well, it's going to be one of two teams, as Carlo acknowledged. It's either Toronto or it's the New York Rangers. Now, from a public perspective, you're boxed in a little bit, aren't you? Yeah. Because, you know, you, you, you got a player who's won three Stanley Cups. And even though there are some who watch him a lot closer than we do um, and, and maybe can, can pinpoint some of the, the subtle details that might imply that he's not as healthy as you need him to be, he's still a dynamic ad. He'd be real interesting. So let's see it all plays out. But that's a long-winded way, uh, way of me saying that, yeah, I, I think Toronto is in a lot of conversations, but I don't think that uh, Kyle Dubas is losing sleep over one specific player over another. I think he still believes that he's got time on his side. Yeah, it's interesting when it comes to Patrick Kane. Like, do you think if he does come out and those were kind of the two names that were high up on his list, New York and Toronto, New York's out of the picture. Like, do you think they would work with Patrick Kane, like Hawks ownership and and, uh, front office and and try and get a deal done even if it means not getting – exactly what they wanted like I think back to I think it was Taylor Hall where there was a better offer on the deal but he wanted to go to Boston he had a no trade clause and basically dictated what he was going to do and ultimately that was the only one he wanted to wave and go to to get the trade done could you see a similar scenario work out with Patrick Kane where maybe you know Toronto could get him at a bit more of a discount than originally thought yeah I don't know about that and again I I'm going to be super careful in hyping this up Mike I am Mm. because we don't have a reason to other than filling airtime right now, right? Like it's, I got it's two a, hours, five days a week, Dregs. <laughs> I get it, man, and I, I, I'm trying to support you as best I can, but the facts have to be what motivates us to continue to have these conversations. And, yeah. and you're not wrong. Like if Patrick Kane literally says, okay, uh, the Rangers went for Tarasenko, I, hey, look, there's some who believe that the New York Rangers might still be able to find a way to add Patrick Kane. Um, I mean, the cap gymnastics and everything about the future and the assets that you'd have to push out, 
I think that if you're Kyle Davidson in Chicago, then you've just been cornered, right? The player has given you a team or two teams, make the best deal. So it's not impossible. I hear what you're saying. But then you do have to look at it. Is it a pure rental? Or, you know, is Patrick Kane willing to come off a $10 million mega contract to a much lower level of earning for next year and what, whatever the foreseeable future is? We don't know those things yet. And specific to Kane and Taves, I don't think they know yet. That's why I'm being real cautious in not putting the card ahead of the horse here. Let's give it another five to seven days. And then at that point, I think that the Kane camp especially will have analyzed and probably exhausted all conversation. And then it comes up to a, uh, out to a decision that Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves have to make. Where do you want Kyle Davidson to focus your trade on? And do you want this to include the possibility of an extension, or are you willing to just go as a rental and then roll the dice in free agency? That's our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger. Uh, you mentioned Meyer earlier, Dregs, and, and CJ was on first up this morning. He, he brought up Meyer, and I've seen Kevin Weeks chime in on it this morning as well, that there's a few players there. What would what would it take to get Meyer to the Leafs, and, and is it a realistic thought just with that cap hit and, and the fact that he has that, uh, he's an RFA, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a remote possibility, so not impossible. And I, I don't think that it's, it's the assets that would need it, be needed to make a deal like this <clears throat> that make it apprehensive. Um, it's the obvious, right? You've got a $10 million qualifying offer, and then the uncertainty of what an extension could look like. The thing that I'm intrigued by, though, for me, he's the best of the available lot. Mm-hmm. If, if you can just spend assets, then maybe you push the worry of what does the future look like into the off season, right? I mean, if, if it becomes clear after the playoffs and you haven't won a Stanley Cup that you're not going to be able to qualify Timo Meyer, and he's not interested in extending at a lower AAV or whatever you're comfortable with, well, then you can still trade Timo Meyer, and the team that acquires him still gets some form of, of protection in that process. So you, know, you don't necessarily have to worry about the future with Timo Meyer until you get there in the offseason. So I, I, think, I think Kyle is going to stay in that conversation until he's no longer in the conversation. And maybe the biggest issue might be the New Jersey Devils because everything we keep hearing is how much Tom Fitzgerald wants to add a significant piece. Mm. And I'm sure he's had multiple conversations with Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks and has probably said, look, I am in it until you tell me I'm not in it anymore. So keep me in it. Um, that's the messaging that I get around the New Jersey Devils. And I, I just don't know that Toronto wants to or has the wherewithal to play that game to that degree. Well, let's move to another player that Toronto may or may not be in on. And, and to be honest, I thought this guy was going to get trade on Saturday, Jacob Chikrin. There was a lot of news coming out uh, Saturday that there was, that he was being held out for trade-related reasons. But it's been kind of radio silence the past few days. What can you tell us the latest in, in the Chikrin sweepstakes? Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff percolating out there. <clears throat> you know, from who might be the most interested teams was there a deal in place and Arizona backed out? Is there some injury concern with Jacob Checker and guys? You name it, and I have heard it in the last 48 to 72 hours. And all of it could be plausible. I mean, how do we know other than what we hear from the Coyotes, and that is he remains out for trade-related reasons and isn't coming back in the lineup, according to his coach, uh, until he is moved to another organization. Um, but 
the teams that I keep circling around, Los Angeles, tell me that they don't feel like there's anything close. Um, there's some speculation, you know, could the Boston Bruins be adding a defenseman like Gavrikov or like Jake Chikrin? Uh, and, you know, dealing with the, the Boston Bruins, respectfully, they can be elusive, as a lot of teams are, right? It's a dangerous game when you allow information to get leaked out. But this has been buttoned down so well by all corners. That tells me that uh, there may not be one particular suitor and that both Arizona and the Columbus Blue Jackets are doing everything they can to just make sure they protect the asset and drive the market up as high as they can get it. Do you have any sense of just how close they were to making a deal on Saturday? No. I mean, it had to have been close, right? Yeah. You know, when, when you're pulling a player this time of year and this far out from the deadline, you know, you're not doing it just because you're purely protecting the asset. You must feel comfortable enough, and I'm sure Bill Armstrong and the Coyotes did feel comfortable enough that they were tracking towards a conclusion. And that's why I say that's part of the speculation. You know, did the team back out? Did the Arizona Coyotes back out? Like, there's all kinds of stuff that eventually we'll get a handle on. Mm-hmm. All that stuff finds a way to percolate to the surface, normally after the fact. But they had to have been close enough that it was warranted. But, again, there could be an injury element uh, to, to the Chikrin scenario, too. Mm. Not saying that it's a serious one or it's, it's something that anybody should be concerned with, but uh, I was told that he may have tweaked something which kind of promoted them then to say, all right, let's just protect him. Let's not raise any sort of alarm bells by screaming injury because it's not serious, but let's make sure that he's as healthy as we need him to be. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you about Gavrikov? It was announced this morning that he's, he's going to be sitting out for trade-related reasons as well. You think there's something close there or just more asset management? It's a little early, though, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, a little bit, but I'd say there's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of both. I, you know, I, I think with Gavrikov, um, what was likely was Yarmo Kekalainen, Blue Jackets GM probably had, you know, extension conversations with the agent Dan Milstein and finally got a true read on how that was going to play itself out, right? Like there wasn't going to be an extension fit, not anything that made sense to Columbus. So look, there's enough interest around Gavrikov. It's not like his name just suddenly appeared on the trade market, right? It's been out there a long, long time. Kekalainen uh, probably took the intelligence that he has from the interested general managers and just feels like, okay, we're at the uh, 11th hour here. So I'm going to try and nudge this forward by sitting this player out and delivering a message that I'm making a move sooner rather than later. Some guys just don't want to deal with it until the March 3rd trade deadline. Yarmo's been around a long, long time. If he doesn't think he's getting anything better for Vladdy Gavrikov on March 3rd, then why would you wait? You know, you, you might, might as well try and utilize whatever the return is or maybe use part of that return to flip into something else. That just buys him more time as well. So there are varying ways you can, you can analyze situations like this. We're chatting with TSN Hockey Insider Darren Dreger. And, uh, Dregs, in honor of Valentine's Day, can you give us a perfect match, a player and a team that you think are meant to be that could – Come together and make a beautiful partnership before the March 3rd trade deadline. Well, uh, it, for a lot of reasons, it can't make sense. <clears throat> but I would say Eric Carlson and the Edmonton Oilers. Mm. Ah, the and, best love stories never do. Well, look, you're right. Um, and the pain and suffering required 
by Ken Holland and the Edmonton Oilers to make this deal actually happen, significant. But who doesn't want to see Eric Carlson on that power play with McDavid and Drysdale? I mean, it, it, it would be just a blast to watch. Not that Colorado would ever do it because they don't need Eric Carlson. They've got Kale McCarr. But, you know, I think of a similar attack game that the Avs play. Um, but not to get eye-glazing and caught up into all the trouble spots of a deal like that, I literally think that this was Ken Holland re-engaging with the San Jose Sharks because Eric Carlson would be perceived as being the top available defenseman. You might as well recircle back, figure out you know whether or not you can make that work with a top available defenseman, and then continue to tick down box after box after that until you find a right fit. And in Edmonton's case, who knows? You know, they're big game hunting. They may not end up with much more than maybe a depth add on defense, but Carlson to Edmonton would be ter- uh, pretty terrific. That would be a big add for that club, and that would put them into contender status for sure in my mind. Uh, really appreciate it as always, Dregs. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Valentine's Day, and uh, we'll chat again next week. All right, guys. Have a great week.